good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and Mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. So we are officially in the month of April, the month that the draft is starting. It's so close, but we still got a few weeks left. Are you guys getting excited? Gentlemen, 25 days until the draft on the night that Woo-hoo. we are recording. First of all, happy Easter to all three of you and your family. Absolutely. Um, I guess for me, Easter, uh, it's it, for me, it's the best holiday. It might not be everybody's favorites, but it's the best holiday for obvious reasons. But let's let's talk NFL. Um, we're going to get right into draft talk. And, and the NFL notables, there's two things draft related. Um, this one we could talk about for three hours if we wanted to, I think. And the question is, who is going number three? So we talked about last week, San Francisco trading up. We're like, oh, that means either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Now, a lot of people are talking about Mac Jones. So what are we thinking here? This is assuming that Lawrence and Wilson go one and two. Um, who goes number three, Bradley? I, so for instance, we're doing our mock draft today. So mock the mock. Um, it's my edition. I'm not going to say who I have going three, but where do you guys stand on it? So, so here's where I stand. I believe that the night one of the draft is April 29th, correct? Correct. Correct. In the next 25 days, there is nothing that will happen that will make me pick McCorkle Jones at pick three. We're not I, I asking just, what you do. We're no, asking what I, you think who is going I, I to just I know I don't I wouldn't. I don't think it's the gonna buzz, happen. It's, the buzz it's, is it's not the though. right, it's not the right fit. I in my opinion, it goes Trey Lance is the best fit. Justin Fields is the second best fit. Not taking a quarterback at pick three is the other fit. I don't think Mac Jones is the best option. It does, it doesn't make sense to me to trade up to number three for Mac Jones. It doesn't make sense because you could have traded up to pick eight and got Mac Jones. There was no buzz about a quarter Mac Jones being picked three until the 49ers trade up to pick three. So you're saying them not taking a quarterback at three instead of Mac Jones. That is dumb. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you with Trey Lance and Justin Fields on the board, it makes no sense to pick Mac Jones. And as a franchise, it does not make any sense to trade up to pick three to take Mac Jones. Because he was not going three before them. I get he's your guy. I get that. You, that is the definition of going to get your guy. But you look and it's just like, okay, Carolina. Maybe Carolina wants Mac Jones. Maybe they want a Mac Jones. Matt Rule had a really good look at Mac Jones in the senior bowl. So maybe that was their guy. And Detroit didn't want to trade out. And Philadelphia didn't want to trade all the way or – they didn't want to, they didn't want to move back there. So they finally, they, I don't know. I, but saying that they wouldn't take Matt Jones, they would take a position player outside a quarterback. It, that's just not happening. The, the thing that hangs me up is like, I think the big thing that everybody points to is what he did with Matt Ryan. And this is Shanahan, you know, what he did with Kirk cousins and, and just like that type of style of quarterback. And everyone says that, well, you know, Mac Jones is the most ready right now is what people say, you know, from Sims to, you know, a, a different, different analysts is that he's the least of a project uh, just because of what he did with the talent around him in Alabama, which obviously Bradley wouldn't agree with. Um, but what I don't understand is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He did that with Matt Ryan. Yeah, he did. But like you have the ability to take a diversified skill set in either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. So like where, like, yes, I get, he could make, you know, capitalize on what Mac Jones did and what he is, but he could also do that with somebody who has a dual threat capability in Trey Lance and and Justin Fields. So I think that my money is, is on that, that, that is somewhat smoke. And I think it ends up being Trey Lance that that would be my answer to the question, just because I think he fits um, that scheme. And I also think it's a perfect situation where he doesn't have to play right away. Uh, with Jimmy G there. So my vote is Trey Lance. And I want to make this abundantly clear before I turn it over to Josh. I do not think Mac Jones is better than Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to make a case because somebody's got to make a case for Mac Jones on this podcast. And I feel like it's not going to be, I actually, I know it's not going to be Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I am 
I am all the way out on Mr. I'm going to call him McCorkle from now on. He is McCorkle <laughs> to me. I'm calling him by his full name. I am out on McCorkle. I will say this. I, I guess I can, st- I can realistically see a scenario where he goes to a situation like the 49ers and has a good, like a good career. Like he plays well. I, that, I think that's a realistic scenario. But I think where and where I can agree with Bradley, where his frustration comes in is like, okay, yeah, but if if those other three guys go off the board and, and he lands in your lap, then sure take him. Um, but at the end of the day, I guess like it's not about winning the draft on, on April 29th. It's about winning games. And if they think he's can help them win <laughs> games, then I guess that's your answer. Doesn't he have a relatively similar skill set to what they already have in Jim Jimmy Garoppolo as well? And that's if they're trading up to get a quarterback, which the compensation indicates it's likely going to be a quarterback. It is a quarterback. It has right. a cor- it's, a, it's a quarterback. Right. It is a quarterback. Why would you try to do something, you know, get the same thing, I should, I should say, in like the mold of a quarterback versus a guy who could be more dynamic, um, you know, such as like a Trey Lance? I just don't understand. We, which, okay, so let's talk about this in the mock the mock section. We're going to move on because we have, we have some fun things to talk about. We get to talk about Bradley's favorite things like all day today. We get to talk about Mac Jones and we get to talk about pro days now. So I just <laughs> go through three big things that stood out to me. You guys add something else if you want to. Um, but here are three of the big things. Um, so Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, they blew up their pro day. They, tested extremely well uh and they look well running their routes and all that stuff so uh, they blew up their pro days top five players in this draft um Rashad Bateman came in two inches shorter and 20 to 30 pounds lighter than what the Gophers had as their playing weight so he was 6210 or 215 or something like that on on the Gophers website he measured in at six foot 190 so he's a lot shorter and a little bit lighter than what the the program said. Um, and then the other one, which I would love to get Bradley's take on this is Panay Sewell's arm length was a little bit shorter than people expected. I personally, I don't think it's going to affect anywhere where he gets drafted, but it, it did come in a little bit shorter than what you would see for an average left tackle. So Bradley, let's start there with you. Cause I, you love your pro days. What did you think about this? So in my notes, here's what I have written down is I'm not going to let measurables um, outweigh what my eyes see on tape. And that, that goes with Penny Sewell. I, I, I could care less if his arms are two inches shorter. He plays physical. He is an absolute bulldozer in the running game. He's athletic. He gets out and moves. I'm not going to let that overcompensate just because he came out just a little bit shorter in the arm length. I'm just not going to. Anyone I else's think, thoughts on that? Are we just yeah. we're silent on that one? <clears throat> no, just I, I think it's kind of interesting that a couple of the top offensive linemen in this class, that's been the common theme that their length is not elite. Like that's with Slater, with Elijah Vera Tucker, now with Sewell, and that they win in other ways, like with technique and just sheer power versus just being able to use their length to the um, win at the point of contact. So it's interesting that it's not ideal because you would love to have that length, but it's not going to be a game changer for you. That, that's actually a really good point that for me, my three top offensive linemen, they, they, they lack a little bit of length for their arms, but not changing me at all. Jeremy, does, let's that, talk- does that project? I'm sorry. I just know really quick. Does this project maybe that the longevity at left tackle could be in jeopardy and that maybe they kick into guard not in a, maybe not in Sewell's case, but maybe in like a Slater instance, maybe in a Sewell. I'm not sure, I guess. For me, for Penny Sewell, <clears throat> he's 20 years old. <laughs> he still can grow. Like he can yeah. still get bigger. He can still get longer. That's insane. So like before, when he starts the season, I think he's still 20 years old. So uh, it, that's nuts to me. Um, so for me, it, it, he still projects as a star left tackle. Um, Jeremy, let's, let's talk Rashad Bateman. Two inches shorter. 20 ish, maybe 30 pounds, a little bit lighter than what the gopher said. Thank you, PJ Fleck for that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? All I know is when I, when we were playing, you know, college basketball, I know, I told, I know in the program, I was listed as six, one, I know I was not six, <laughs> one, but did you ever claim I, that you were six, one? Like, did you write down on your like form six, one? I, I probably am the one that wrote six, one, but I know I'm not six, <laughs> one. 
six flat for, for those listening and have never seen jeremy if you saw in the program that he was six one um and whatever the weight was and you come to the game you saw number 22 you'd be like oh Jeremy must have quit and they forgot to update the program with the guy right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's not, not that, that big of a description. You are sub six foot, correct? You're five no. ten with basketball shoes on. What? Oh, I <laughs> maybe five. I, just, six. Becker, Becker I am six with height. shoes on. No, no. I am six with shoes on. I'm six not gonna give it to you, so quit tall. asking. With, with with no shoes on, I am five eleven and three quarters. We are about to get a tape measure. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will get a tape measure. All that to say is that <laughs> that people do tend to to be a little bit of a fibber um, when it comes to, you know, height and weight on this on this stuff. But it does seem pretty significant. I mean, 30 pounds, that's um, pretty significant. I mean, he said, I can't remember the, his exact quote, but he said something about how he never played at, at uh, over 200 pounds while he his time at, at the U and he didn't think he, you know, it didn't affect him in terms of like his ability to produce. So obviously he's not going to say anything that would be in a negative light um, on that stuff, but I don't know how much it does in terms of his stock. Um, I, my personal opinion, I feel like he's kind of been falling uh, already. Um, you know, what seems like ages ago, he was potentially a top 15 pick. Um, and now he's, probably outside the first round. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. Cause I feel like he's got, he's kind of one of those guys that people have a wide range of, of uh, eval on him. Um, I think some teams probably have him closer to the twenties where other teams have him um, definitely in the day two category. So it'll be interesting to say, see where he falls. For sure. It, it'll be interesting. Cause he's one of those guys that could go 18, 19 and he could go early mid second round type thing yep. where he, he's got a wide range and it's all about what team fits. Um, so on today's episode, we're, we're talking NFL draft superlatives for the offensive prospects. So we're looking at um, who we think is the most overrated player, the most underrated player, um, a guy that we haven't talked about on this podcast. We're going to try and give some love to some new guys that haven't really been brought up. Um, a guy that's rising on your board and a guy that is falling on your board. Um, and then after the break, we're doing our um, session of, mock the mock like what we did last year and i'm up first so we're gonna have some fun conversations but let's let's talk <laughs> um some superlatives uh let's start with overrated bradley who is your most overrated offensive player i put mccorkle jones <laughs> i'm shocked <laughs> i'm shocked i uh, no, i'm serious I, I can't believe we're talking about him potentially being the third player taken off the board i don't have him in my top 30 wow that's not even that. I, I shouldn't say wow. That's it's not, that not wow. no. I mean, the, I get that there's a there's a position like need for a quarterback, and he's not going to be he's going to be picked in the top fifteen. I will tell you that, but I'm telling you, he's not a top thirty player on my board. Mm-hmm. Pet, that surprises me because you say watch the film. What did you not see from this last year? That's like, hey, so I mean, dude so, was a either a Heisman runner up or third in the Heisman this last year. Here's, here's what I'll say. Great numbers. Exactly. He put up great numbers. There's a lot of times where he is, he's throwing it a screen pass to Devonta Smith. He's throwing just a little dump off to Najee Harris. He's not that accurate. He's got an, I would say he's got an average depot, but like when you're talking about traits, like he's going to sit in the pocket. My, my comp for him is Sam Bradford. And I just overall pick. (laughs) And and uh, would you call that a disappointment in the number one overall pick? Because I would. I mean, if you're talking to Sam, the amount of money that he's got, he's probably <laughs> he milks every single dollar out of his talent. In the Performance NFL. wise, for sure, brother. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate. If you're talent. talking to his agent, his agent thinks he did a my heck of a job, <laughs> right? I, I just, yeah. it, he, okay, here's here's what I'll say about Mac Jones as well. He was he was the hardest for me to watch on film out of all the players that I've looked at, and it's because. He's, he's completing deep passes, but he's also completing to a guy that's going to go top 10. He's also completing to Jalen Waddle, who's going to go top 10, top 12. He's also completing passes to Najee Harris, who might be a first round pick. So it's super hard to gauge. Like, it seems like they are, they're playing a varsity level when sometimes they're playing against JV with all the talent that they have. So I, I don't know. He, he's, I'm just not there on Mac Jones. Let's talk about another guy. Um, we've Mac Jones. We might have to switch the podcast name pretty quick here. <laughs> McCorkle. <laughs> McCorkle. 
fourth and a McCorkle mile. <laughs> that was bad. Okay, Jeremy, who's your overrated player? Um, so I don't know if you guys are going to like this or not, um, but it's really just based off of like, I think most, most people would have him probably in, in their top three, maybe four offensive Please tackles. Tell I, me I, as, oh, I was going to say, if you say top three players about to say Kyle Pitts, I was going to say hop off. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no uh, offensive tackles, but I, and this is, again, I'm not, I don't want you to anybody hear what I'm not saying. Like I, I he's going to go in the first round more than likely. Um, it, well, he will, he will go in the first round. I just kind of have a couple guys that I've fallen in love with more than this guy, but it's Christian Derrissaw. I've moved him down a little bit. Um, and right now I think guys like Tevin Jenkins, you know, I'd rather have him um, a guy like uh, I think I'd probably take Jalen Mayfield over him right now. Um, so it's, it's, it's close. I, and again, like, I still think he probably his floor. Okay. I shouldn't say floor. His ceiling is probably, I mean, his ceiling is probably the chargers. I mean, like I, that chargers, that, that area right around there is probably where he'll end up going. Um, but I just, I don't know. I kind of like some of those other guys and what they do in their ceiling. Um, but you also can't look at his tape and say that he's not going to be a great player. I just think he's kind of close to where his level is right now. Like, you know, what, what, what Christian Derrissaw is. I think you might be able to get a little bit more out of some of those other guys, but again, don't hear what I'm not saying. He's going to go in the first round. He's going to be a great player. He's, he's, he's good at his position. Uh, but just where guys, where people have him right now on their list of offensive tackles is why I would say him. I, I don't hate it. I mean, a lot of those after the first two, it's like, okay, who, I mean, who's your guy. It, and Darisaw might be the guy that's, the most refined, but um, I'm going to move on to a different player. And this one might shock a lot of people. My overrated player is Zach Wilson. I, I don't think he it's should fair. be the second. I don't think he should be the second quarterback because I think Justin Fields. And I think as of today, I think Trey Lance is better. I told you guys last episode, I changed. Um, but I, I just, I don't see why you would take him at number two when, when you've seen two years of Justin Fields and what he's, produced and you've only seen that one year for Zach Wilson so for me that's why he's overrated same same thing Jeremy said like is he gonna be a top five pick 100 he's probably going to um but for me I think he's a little bit overrated I, I can respect that I definitely do to be honest with you like I find myself doing it too like I almost think he's overrated but then I still like can't move him out of the two spot like it's he's just one of those guys that and that's why the reason he gets he's gotten so much hype because he's just what he could be is so tantalizing to these, these, these scouts. So it's, it's hard, like, because you're trying to, you're trying to project these guys uh, when they're all like very, very similar, but to, to Brady's point, like people got fooled with Deshaun Watson and, and what he did. And he got, he fell down the board, but he was a winner. Like in Justin Fields, I feel like we're doing the same type of thing with him. We're going to ignore the fact that Jeremy said the word tantalizing. Do we need to? I, I honestly like, I was, I was, I was like trying to like, think I'm like here for spell it. it, use it in a sentence. Like, can I get a synonym or something, please? <laughs> I love it, Becker. Can I have the Josh. language of origin? Yeah. Josh, who is your overrated player? So again, I feel like we always preface this with don't hear what I'm not saying. Love the player, but. I feel like we're about to say Trevor Lawrence. Do not, oh, I, I was like, oh gosh. Why on earth do you just. Uh, <laughs> Go straight to the top. Because you preface that. that really fast. Anyway, I think the his measurables just did not. I'm a little scared for his durability in the NFL. And I still think he is my number two, but I'm still wavering on who is, who Devonta was the player Smith. You said? you said Devonta Smith? Okay. Devonta Smith. So produced like crazy at Alabama. Produce like crazy. His numbers are unreal. I just 172 is just super light for being a six foot receiver. So hopefully he can continue to put on some weight from now till the start of the season. You know, training camp be able to put some LVs on. But that's the I'm just worried about that a little bit. One one thing that's really tough for me, and it's really tough when you're evaluating, is that when you look at a position group, they're all not going to be good, right? Like when you when you look at Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle, there's history says that at least one of them is going to bust. Just like these top four quarterbacks, I'm guessing two of them will not live up to their top five picks. It's tough yep. to evaluate, and you don't want to put that on one of those players because you like the players a lot. So I think it's interesting that you have Devonta at that. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. 
Well, let's totally. let's move to under underrated because we might talk a little bit more about this player in a little bit. My underrated player is Devonta Smith because I feel like people are just moving him down the board, um, and, and that's not a knock on Josh because some people just really don't like Devonta Smith. I talked to someone, and I very much do. I'm just worried about the weight. Exactly, and so uh, for me, it's kind of like what Bradley said. If you watch a film, I mean, this dude, it's I, I love the fact that the best player on the best team last year was the hardest working player. There was a couple plays that I watched. He played special teams. He was playing special teams. Like, and I'm not right. saying like a punt return, kick return. He was a gunner, like, or blocking right. the gunners type a thing. A non-glamorous so, thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like guy, guy can play in the slot. He, he can play outside. He's a great route runner. He can high point the ball. I think he plays taller than six one. Cause I think he, he, he for sure has the best hands in this draft. So for me, it's uh, Devonta Smith, and we'll see. I'll show you where I have him um, in about 15 minutes. I like it. I don't hate that. Josh, who's your underrated guy? My underrated guy is a guy I didn't think that would be a great spot for the Vikings at the beginning of the process. But now as we've gained more information, as there's been more speculation on different shows, it's Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he would be unreal at the Vikings at 14. I think it'd be the dream scenario for us right now. And dream. not, I honestly, yes. I don't think that I, my having the chargers, the pick, but um, before is scaring the living crap out of me because I think that they need offensive line help just the same as the Vikings do. And I think Elijah Vera Tucker would be a great fit for them as he would look in purple. So not great uh, length like that, what we were saying, but just technique and just, being able to play multiple positions. He played left tackle last year, I think is just a really, really great uh, asset. I don't, I don't know if it'd be dream yeah, scenario. Dream, I, I think, love it at 14 though. I think Panay. Is there, is there a huge dreams. difference between loving a pick at something in a dream scenario? Dream scenario means there's not a better player in the draft that would fit the Vikings and Panay Sewell would be the dream scenario. Fair enough. In my, my that's my thought. Yeah, no, that's fair. My underrated guy is Xavier uh, Collins. I, I I like the player like a lot. I love I love what he does as a hybrid uh, in a lot of different defenses. I, I've seen the name Anthony Barr thrown on a lot with his measurables and what he's capable of doing. And and this is a guy that's projecting to be mid twenties to potentially second round pick. Um, and I, I just like what Xavier Collins puts on tape and just the player that he is. He's talking Brady, about our boy. Gonna... He's talking about our boy Zayvon Collins, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You've been calling him Zavian. It's Zavin. <laughs> Gotta help him out. Help our guy out. Hey, were we allowed to pick defensive players? <laughs> we doing offensive players. <laughs> oh well then I'll pivot. No, I'll geez. pivot. I'll oh pivot. my gosh. Pivot. Hey, really, pivot. hey, really quick. Do you guys see any similarities with him and Isaiah Simmons as We're far not as flexibility. Talk about it. We'll talk about it like next enough. week or something <laughs> like that. But I think, I do think Zayvon Collins could probably play fullback in, in the it's NFL. It's Zayvon. Zayvon. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pivot real quick to my boy, Sam Cosme. I think he's super underrated. He was the other guy I had written down on my list. Um, so someone else can talk. I can't before believe I make he a, said a defensive player. Before I make a fool out of myself, someone else take the mic. God. Jeremy, who uh, is your underrated guy? Oh, I started laughing right away because Brady kind of smirked and I thought I you shocked. caught the same thing I did, but then you yeah, brought up Xavier. Uh, my underrated guy is uh, Terrace Marshall. Um, he's a guy that, okay, Bradley's not going to like this, but he tests it really well. But I also think uh, you, you matched that with what you saw on film and just his ability at what, like at his size, what he does and how fast he is, um, I think is, I think it's probably not getting talked about enough. Um, what I would assume is scouts like it a lot more than the just general public. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that could easily sneak into the, the first round. Um, he, if I had to, like you had to, you asked me, he probably won't, but like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. I like I mean, him too. I'd be surprised if, uh, if he was not a first round pick. I would. Yeah. Def, I would definitely at this point be more surprised, uh, if he wasn't than if he was. I saw the comp of um, the measurables next to Denzel Mims, and they're like similar. As Denzel you, Mims, and you and Brady, you, oh, Denzel. you don't gotta talk to me about Denzel. <laughs> you gotta get healthy, but he'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did everybody give their uh, underrated player? Yeah, I threw in a bonus defender as well. <laughs> and I start Brady. It's, uh, it's a good transition for my guy we haven't talked about. Yes. Yeah. Zayvon Collins or no? <laughs> uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, wide receiver, LSU. So the like Becker was alluding to, tested like insane. And so starts the conversation of like, are we overlooking this guy? Is, should he be in the conversation of top four or five receivers? And he may have already been, but it almost puts a, the, the floor higher than what we would think for his draft uh, situation like we were kind of talking about earlier. So, um, yeah, I just think that we have been talking about more of the top three guys in the receiver class, but uh, maybe he deserves a shout at four. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll give a guy that we haven't talked about either, and it's in the wide receiver um, room as well, and it's Elijah Moore. I, I love this dude. He, he plays Purdue. extremely fast. No, that's Rondale. Um, yeah. He plays for Ole Miss. Wide, thank you. Wide receiver for Ole Miss. Um, it scares the crap out of me that Green Bay might draft him at 29 because then I have to hate the dude. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the player a lot. He can play in the slot, and he can go deep too. Like He, he is a, a deep threat from the slot that can go and high point the ball. So um, Elijah Moore is very high on my wide receiver board. I went Liam Eichenberg for a guy that we haven't talked about. Uh, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. He's in my top five for offensive tackles. I really love his pass pro sets. Uh, I think he can get a little bit stronger, but ultimately his frame is really nice. It's six six, um, and and he's really impressive what he does with his footwork. What do you guys think I'm gonna say? I I don't even know. I I don't have a clue. Uh, let like me guess. You could guess it. Uh, I was going to guess. Kadarius Tony. We're play- offense, Bradley. Offensive players. <laughs> Samuel plays corner. That's defense. <laughs> I don't know why we just limited this to offense. I think that's a terrible I idea. I said that earlier. We're doing just <laughs> offense players. Who makes these rundowns? That's <laughs> <laughs> a Sante saying. We, we, we appreciate all of our listeners just battling through this with us. Bradley's just throwing curveballs <laughs> at us left and right. Usually, usually it's me, so I'm here for it. Is it Kadarius Tony? No, it is not. So Who is it's, it? Jav- it's Javante Williams. Yeah. We've talked about him enough. I mostly me, but, and I understand why Becker. I, I understand why he doesn't get, I mean, because those top two guys are really good and, and it's the position, right? Like it just, the running back position just doesn't get as much pub because you know, a lot of the focus gets put on the first round guys. And recently the trend has been no, no running backs in the first round. That's where it's gone. Except um, for our last mock. We had three. Yeah. Yeah. Except for, <laughs> except for us. We love them, I guess. But, but I think like part of the reason he doesn't get a lot of pub, like where he plays lack of media coverage, no college football uh, playoff appearance, Um, you know, so you're not going to know him as much as those other two guys, like this dude is going to be so good. I mentioned it last week. He's, he's two years younger than Najee Harris. Like he's, so he's coming into his own a little bit. He's, he's, you know, he turns 21, I think like right after the draft. Oh, you're going to talk about age because last year you're banging the table for Jonathan Taylor. I was. That's my guy, though. I would like to stop you right there. He played at North Carolina. Is that correct? North that is Carolina is a, is a power five school, and they were ranked in the top 15. So the whole media pub, I don't know if that – I think that's a bad take. I just don't – I just like, you don't think of North Carolina as this big football school, like, you as you would Clemson and Alabama. That's I fair. mean, I guess. I, that is, that's fair. Okay, before we go to br- – everybody did their – Guy we haven't talked about with the Bradley giving a bonus guy <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, Bef- before we go to break, give a guy that is rising on your board and a guy that's falling on your board. Rising Jalen Waddle, falling Kadarius Tony. Rising rising Travis Etienne, falling Jalen Mayfield. Ooh, Jeremy. Uh, my riser is uh Elijah Moore, and then my guy who is falling is Kadarius Tony. I was banging the table for Kadarius Tony, and now he's off of it. I still love great spots for him, but guy rising on my board is Liam Eichenberg, and a guy falling on my board is Sam Cosme. Why? That's a swear (laughs) word to Bradley. (laughs) I think it's a good time to take a break, don't you, Bradley? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are doing mock the mock. 
Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. We are back into the 4th and a Mile podcast. Gentlemen, we're going to get right into um, the mock the mock section. So what I did was I did my first public mock draft. Um, this I should preface it by saying this is what I think the teams will do, and there is no trading. So that changes a lot of what could actually happen. What we're going to do, so we're going to start with, I'm going to go through picks one through five, see which, which ones you got issues with. I already know there's going to be one. Um, and then I'm going to do six through 10, and then we're going to extend it a little bit. We're going to do 10 through 20, um, and then 21 through 32. So um, I'll start with pick one. You guys shouldn't have a problem with it. It's Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trevor Lawrence. Pick two is the New York Jets selecting Zach Wilson. Pick three is the San Francisco 49ers taking quarterback Mac Jones. Um, The Atlanta Falcons at four are taking Kyle Pitts. And the Cincinnati Bengals at pick five are taking Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. Let's talk to pick three. I know that's what we're talking about here. Jeremy, what do you think about pick three? I don't – I'm – I'm going to get gray before I keep talking about he's this. All McCor- so. He's all McCorkled out. <laughs> that was a good one. I am. I am. I uh, Obviously, I don't love it uh, from a standpoint of I think it, I think you'd probably be better off picking a Trey Lance there. But I I totally get when you, when, we're dra- when, we're, when we're basing this off of what we think they're going to do, all the smoke and all the direction is leading that way right now. So, like, I don't blame you at all, you know, for, for making that selection because it just – for some reason, it feels like that's where the direction is headed. Well, okay, I so, think – Go ahead, Brady. So, and here, here's why I made – so, once again, this is what we think the teams are doing. So, if you have those high media guys – so, I think Todd McShay just came out with the mock draft, had Mac Jones going three. Matt Miller just had a mock draft saying Mac Jones is going number three. You had Daniel Jeremiah saying this is a real possibility. I believe Chris Sims said that as well. Dan Orlowski said, okay, let, like this – you have guys up in the higher media that are getting paid a lot of money and going on national television saying this is a legit possibility of Matt Jones going here. They Where there's smoke, there's out. fire, typically. Repeat. That's a you guys have never heard that saying before? I, I've what? heard that. Oh, I guess it's gonna say that was a good phrase. So you're referring to that they're all smoking? This no, that if if there's so much smoke in the media that it's gotta be coming from somewhere. And that oh, the, yes. it's got to be, it's got to be coming from a source that has value and has merit, and it's got to be within San Francisco's organization. Yeah, that's right. really the only issue is Mac Jones at three. I think Pitts at four and Chase at five is is a decent possibility. Do we I, do we think that the no offensive tackle at five is becoming more and more likely? Because I yes. feel like that's kind of come out of nowhere. But like again, I don't fault you for that either because it uh, like, it makes sense. I I doesn't though. I feel like there. they have a good receiver. Receiving core as is right now. Like as far as a team that's in the top five draft, I feel like the receiving core is not bad. So would you rather have Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell and best case scenario, Elijah Moore, or would you rather have Jamar Chase and Sam Cosme? The first one personally. I wouldn't. I would I'd rather have the second one. I would take Chase and Cosme. That's what I you saw. What Jamar Chase did with Joe Burrow last year or in 2019. Sign me up for it. Okay, let's talk six through ten, and then we'll extend it a little bit more. So six, Miami um, is taking Penny Sewell. Um, Detroit at seven is taking Devonta Smith. At eight, Carolina is taking Justin Fields. At nine, Denver is taking Trey Lance. And at ten, Dallas is taking Patrick Sertan. What do we got issues with here? So here, here's what I'll say. Um, if I am Denver and this scenario plays out after Detroit picks Devonta Smith, I am loving this because you're getting either Trey Lance or Justin Fields at nine when that was probably not a likely possibility. Um, I, I I don't know if, and obviously you can't do trades, so it's it's tough for you to pick four quarterbacks in the top four. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't see a scenario where, where both Trey Lance and Justin Fields fall to eight. For sure, and that's that's where it gets super tough because I think Atlanta would be making a mistake picking Kyle Pitts 
at four. And I am the biggest Kyle Pitts supporter because you can go get one, maybe two first round draft picks in the future because teams will trade up for a quarterback. So I feel like without a trade, I don't think they take quarterback. I don't think they should because they have two more years left of Matt Ryan for sure. And he has a cap. Yeah, they re- they restructured that contract yeah. contract to make that sure. <laughs> so like that for me, they aren't taking quarterback and, like you said, if Denver, Denver's there at nine and didn't have to trade up to go get Trey Lance, they're loving that. Yeah, they're thrilled. <laughs> it's like we we I think we talked about this on the last time we did a mock. Uh, I can't remember if that was the last episode or, um, but basically just the fuller sign allowed Denver so much flexibility here. So they're picking best player available, and to them, I think it's a quarterback just where their situation is at. And Who do you think Denver six through ten? Josh, go ahead. If Denver's faced with a decision, like um, I think Bradley brought up, of having either Fields or Lance, they just take whoever is not taken. Do you think they'd lean Fields if that cho- if they had the choice of both of those, or do you think they'd um, go with the Lance? I mean, I, I I guess I don't really know. I would probably say, in a dream scenario, I think they pick they get Fields. If if I'm a if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I I would be happy with Fields. But at the same time, like I'm I'm Trey Lance is my QB too, so that's not a knock on Trey Lance. I just think from a fit perspective. It'd be, yeah, yeah, that's tough. I think it they would probably lean Fields, and I guess again, if that's our opinion, I don't know. <laughs> right, are we ready for eleven through twenty? Let's do it. Yep. Okay. So the New York Giants at 11 take Rayshon Slater, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. At 12, Philly takes Jalen Waddle. At 13, the Chargers take J.C. Horn. At 14, the Vikings take Elijah Vera Tucker. Josh is happy. At 15, uh, the New England Patriots take Micah Parsons. At 16, the Arizona Cardinals take Jamin Davis. At 17, the Vegas Raiders take Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. At 18, thank you. At 18, Miami takes Aziz Ojalari. At 19, the football team takes Rashad Bateman. At 20, Chicago takes Christian Derisaw. My biggest thing is I just yeah, think Davis, it's super right? likely that the Chargers take an offensive lineman. I think that they have this awesome asset in Justin Herbert, and they're going to do everything that they can to give him – time in the pocket and not have to rely on his playmaking ability and just scrambling for his life like he did last year it's a deep class it's a deep class and i i get why everybody's like so gung-ho i'm like if you have a need you need to take in the first round i get it like it's a big deal first round picks are a big deal but guess what second third and fourth round picks you could argue that the, the success rate is i guess i don't know the stats on it but it you can get a good player on day two and early day three, not to mention you can get it late day three too. That's what I'm saying. It's not possible. Um, I'd like to highlight what the new England Patriots did at 15 with Micah Parsons. I think that would be a home run hit. I, I like the fit with Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick could maximize what Micah Parsons could be. Hmm. Do you think I, go you ahead, go Parker. Josh, and then I can, I was just going to jump in on the Patriots. Do you think they losing out on the quarterback, sweepstakes here that it would lead them to either being more aggressive and wanting to trade up or being like you know what we aren't really all that close we should be trading back like what would you think is more likely if the ball if the board falls somewhat similar to here I think New England is the favorite to trade up right now I don't I think Bill Belichick saying Tom Brady win a Super Bowl is like we need to get back yep. there now yeah. before, before I retire so um, I think they're if one of those guys falls to nine and Denver still has some sort of hope for, I, I forget his name right now, Patrick, Lock. Lock, I know for Bradley. <laughs> I, honestly, he might be, he might be next year. So, like, you just don't know. So if they have some sort of hope for him, give it, give a couple firsts and a third or something like that and, and see if they'll trade up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they'll trade up. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit on the, the JC Horn selection just pushing back on what josh's points i actually really like to pick uh brady i i think that's probably one thing that i personally would say doesn't get talked about enough like the chargers made move on their on their offensive line yes they still have holes to fill but like 
They signed Lindsley. They signed Filer, who you guys didn't want um, <laughs> for the Vikings. <laughs> but they, they put nope. some – they put some money towards their offensive line and like go take a guy that you, you so right there to me, they're probably drafting best player available in their opinion. So like their defense is built to be pretty stinking good. And you've got some dogs on that defensive side of the field now with a new head coach that Bradley really likes. Um, I like a lot. You know, so like, I, I definitely, the more I think about it, like going away from the offensive line there because of the, the depth that we've point out, like I, I think that they're in a pretty good spot there to kind of draft a guy like like a JC Horn or or if you know even maybe if a guy like Waddle or, or an offensive weapon like that falls to them. Josh, I'm gonna be honest with you, it was tough for me not to put Elijah Vera Tucker there just because like, oh, that's a replacement for Trey Turner at guard. But then I saw what they did, like Jeremy said, they they got Lindsley, they got the filer dude or whatever the heck his name is. That'll pro <laughs> should probably start. They paid him starter money, so he'll start. Um, so I figured like, oh, if you did that in free agency, you got rid of, remind me what his name is again, Casey Hayward. Like, Hey, this guy fills right in right there. The Fair. one pick that I had a little question on and not the player, because I think you and I are in a very similar boat on where we like him. Um, and I'm guessing it's because of the way the board was that you picked him here specifically to this team, but it's, it's Davis, uh, to the Cardinals. Uh, at 16. Yeah. Is that a uh, board thing? So obviously if they, if JC Horn would have fell there, that would have been the pick. Um, but I don't think JC Horn's going to be there. And I don't think Sertan's going to be there. And I feel like any of the other corners is, is too rich. So they're, they're, they're a trade back candidate, but Jamin Davis next to Isaiah Simmons sign me up for that 10 times out of 10, that linebacker core is fast. I feel like teams like, so you know how, um, you try to get speed like what Kansas City did. Everybody wanted the speed, speed, speed. You see Tampa Bay win with two fast linebackers. Like, okay, I want that now. You get that, Isaiah Simmons and Jamin Davis. You got you got your Tampa Bay linebackers, potentially. I'm not I'm not saying Jamin Davis is Devin White, but you're drafting him to be something similar to that. Yeah, I the, my only hang up is I, I would be a little surprised to see them draft that position after drafting Simmons, but I don't disagree with your points that that'd be one freakish linebacker core. So if, if the board is like this, who would you rather have, would you rather them take edge? Because they just paid JJ Watt to be a pass rusher. They had that's there. Yeah. And that's why I guess I kind of stated the question the way that I did. Cause I, I feel you're like, just the way the board is at right now, personally, I would say trade back, but um, obviously we're not doing that here in this scenario. I would, I would draft Travis ETM. That'd I think be scary. Would, That'd be good. I think that's I think you would need a running back. I think you would need a running back. That's fair. I, I honestly, that's a good fit. It's but a again, good like, fit. Sure. I think best case, best Let's case with this board. KD and AZ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas. Mistakes best case, Vegas. best case with this board for them probably would be to trade back, but obviously we're not doing that. Okay, let's go through twenty-one through thirty-two. Um, Indianapolis is taking Jalen Phillips. Um, Tennessee is taking Terrace Marshall. The New York Jets are taking Greg Newsome. Uh, Pittsburgh is taking Tevin Jenkins. Jacksonville at 25 takes Trayvon Mulrig. Um, 26, Cleveland takes Zaven Collins, our boy, friend of the show. 27, <laughs> Baltimore is taking Quiddy Pay. 28, New Orleans is taking Caleb Farley. That's where his slide stops. 29, Green Bay takes Liam Eichenberg. 30, Buffalo takes Jason Away. 31, Kansas City takes Sam Cosme. And 32, Tampa Bay takes Christian Barmore. What do we think of it? Let's start, let's start close to the top here in Tennessee taking Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, I I <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, but I when I watch Terrace Marshall, I, I think a lot of AJ Brown, just what he could do after the catch. And I, I think it'd be a scary sight for what uh, Tennessee could do. Uh, obviously a physical <clears throat> freak. Um, I think it would be a great fit for them. Uh, Bradley, I'm absolutely shocked you didn't talk about the Jalen Phillips pick because you got ridiculed by the guy. I did, that's right. I did. I think I picked him right there. Exact same player to the exact same team. Oh, my goodness. That's okay. Yeah. I think Brady knew it too. (laughs) I actually didn't remember that. But Bradley, yeah, you guys have been higher. I'm on board with Jalen Phillips now. If the medicals check out, I. 
somebody said if if he didn't have the concussion issues, then this guy's going in the top ten. Like that that's that's the the skill set you have here. But if a dude retired from football because of concussions, that's scary. That's so scary. That so interview like, process is just going to be insanely like, important. Your medical teams will have to 100% sign off on it before yep. you take this player, which from this point, it sounds like he is going anywhere between 11 to 24-ish. Like that, That's where his range Super is. Super wide range. So like, he's going to be a first-round pick, I, unless everybody has the, the bad same – yeah. Same bad medical examination, Ugh. which is scary. Does it what kind of seem? Go ahead, Becker. Does it kind of seem like Quiddy Pay is like for sure not edge one anymore? Like, I mean, he's edge one on my board, but yeah, no, he's definitely falling on people's on people's boards, which is kind of crazy. I don't get why. I think Baltimore would like him there at twenty seven. Or do you? Well, think that's a good fit for them. I feel like he could play like that three four. DN there. He can play inside, can he? Yeah. I feel like he's some a people sim, some people have him as a D tackle, like have that flexibility. The thing that surprises me about his kind of movement, and obviously negative movement, is just that like he never he never had like major numbers. So like it's not like everyone was looking at everything else. You know, but now, like, as we get farther along, all of a sudden, I feel like the major numbers thing has become more of a question mark, which, like, it wasn't before. Like, why is it now? Now, as he starts to fall a little bit more. But, I don't know, I'm kind of curious about that one. Um, the the Liam Eichenberg pick, obviously, I got to talk about the Packers pick. Um, I don't mind it. It seems like somewhat, somewhat anticlimactic to, to me. Like, it just feels kind of like that. But the way the run with the offensive tackles – they probably need to just get one there, not knowing what's going to be back uh, when they come back on the clock. So I don't mind the pick at all. I feel anyway, like that, I, that would hurt me. Yeah, I feel like this th- that would be one of the top two or three landing spots for the Packers. This guy can come in right away and start day one for them at right tackle or even left tackle if if what's his name's not ready to go. So like, I feel like you slide what's his name into guard or whatever. The the right tackle, their starting right tackle right now would move to guard. Remind me of his name. I don't are you, know there. Are you, are Elgin you Jenkins. No, Jenkins. No, 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 Jenkins well, is Billy Turner. Billy Turner. That's the guy yeah. who who they right now have at right tackle. So I mean, he would start at right tackle over Billy Turner. Yeah, they would probably they they have. Fortunately, they have a lot of guys that have some versatility, so they would maneuver him around for sure. I what stuck out to me was Sam Cosme uh, being able to like protect your asset, Patrick Mahomes. I think is paramounts especially with seeing what happened in the super bowl and then adding to the defensive weapons in tampa bay with christian barmore is he's a low ceiling high low floor high ceiling prospect for me and so i think kind of taking a swing with him would be uh awesome i feel like if you look at christian barmore and be like okay there's 32 teams what's his best fit tampa bay is like this is a guy who hasn't he didn't start at alabama like, so this guy comes in for pass rushes when they're in third and medium, third and long and interior pass rush. Tell him, okay, you play hard. You, you and, you and Dominican Sue rotate, you and Vita Vea rotate. Like, I feel like it'd be a great fit for him. For sure. Absolutely. Come play your role. And yeah. he doesn't have to be a dude right away. That's fair. Anything else on that before we go to our ones got to go? No, not bad. Not bad. I like, I like what, what Greg Newsom could be in uh, Robert Sala defense. I almost had them going with um, Caleb Farley, but I think they need somebody that can for sure play this year because their roster is just not very good unless they're tanking for this year too. Newsom up there would hurt me personally. I, the hype for Newsom, it doesn't look likely if the Packers are picking at 29 that they're going to get him. I agree. Sadly. Let's talk – Let's talk our one's got to go. Um, so we have offensive linemen slash offensive tackles. So we have Elijah Bear Tucker, Sam Cosme, Tevin Jenkins, and Christian Derrissaw. Which one's got to go? Bradley, I want you to start because I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm especially me, curious what you got. Uh, it's Tevin Jenkins. I, I'm, I'm out on Tevin Jenkins. I'm, I'm completely, completely in the minority when it comes to Tevin Jenkins. One thing I'm really trying to do is just just let 
my opinion gravitate to what I'm ranking these players. And and Tevin Jenkins right now is my seventh offensive tackle. Where is where I have him. They wow. they talk about how how he's a very physical run blocker. I think he's horrible in space. I think when he goes to the second level, he misses guys. And and I think his pass protection is average. So I I'm out on Tevin Jenkins. So for me, he's the one that's got to go. Josh, was that who you had, or who'd you have? No, I mean the reason I wanted Bradley to go was because I had same Cosme. Um, that I he's just Tell so me why. Tell me why. Just a little bit lighter. Um, six six seven. I just think that he could get bull rushed, but he does have good length. I just think I should. I'm. I guess I'm just thinking from the Vikings' perspective, which isn't fair. Um, I would just take those three guys ahead of Sam Cosme. I also have Sam Cosme as the guy that's got to go. And the reason is, so I, I have not watched film. I don't watch film on offensive tackles. That's Bradley's position. Um, what I've heard from Sam Cosme is his balance issue is he's got balance issues. So he can get tugged and pulled in different directions. Cause he's, he's six, seven. Like he, if he has a false step, he's done. Like, so I've, I've heard his recovery and his balance has some issues. So for that, Bear Tucker's my number one there. Just calling it. You were about to shark tank it for that. For those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Could have great show. Probably copyrighted though, or something. Mark Cuban's a the show. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also have Sam Cosme, so I, I apologize, Bradley. <laughs> nice. I, I don't nice. Think. Six seven, three hundred pounds. Twenty one games at left tackle, fourteen at right tackle at a, at a power five school. Moves well for his size. Very bad. Moves well for his size. Gets up to the second (laughs) level. He seems like he's in position. I do agree that his hips could be a little bit better. That's something that he's probably probably working on right now. But for the most part, like Josh, you said for the Vikings, this guy would kill a zone scheme. This guy, this guy is Brian O'Neill before Brian O'Neill, after Brian O'Neill technically. But I I think he is a better Brian O'Neill. As far as take Kevin Jenkins in the Vikings system over him. He's not, he's not getting to the second level. <laughs> and as Brady mentioned, uh, Bradley watches the most film on these guys out of all four of us. So you guys can pick on who you want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me. Bradley doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> talking defensive players. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we should, we should have a, an episode where we just talk about our write-ups and, and just go over it because I would love to tell you guys what I see in, in Sam Cosby and, you know what, Sam Cosby? What if he? What if Vikings pick Sam Cosby at fourteen? I'm gonna find ways to love it. <laughs> You're gonna have to. I'll show yep. you the, the tape that makes me love him. All right. I like it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.